Good morning. Well, you know, growing up, um, I would hear things like buena para nada, which means good for nothing, or babosa, which translated really means slug. So it's a Spanish slang to mean slow or dimwit. And because these were the voices that I heard growing up, the thoughts that sometimes come to my head and go through my head are thoughts of, man, I'm not good at this. I'm not smart enough for this. Who am I going to put to sleep this time? What did Jared and Anne see in me anyway? <sighs> You're going to bomb. It's going to suck. Does anyone else battle with thoughts of that are negative or fearful? Anybody else? We all do. And, you know, thoughts are powerful. The way that we think determines how we live and who we are. And Proverbs 23, 7a says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And so one of the first books that I read when I first became a believer was this book called Battlefields of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. Um, and I remember learning these two things. And the first thing was, Think about what you're thinking about. And the other one was don't give in to that stinking thinking. And so um, that really helped me. And I thank God that I learned those things because it made me realize and understand the importance of thoughts. And see, once again, I just want to say welcome, like Carlos said earlier, welcome to this faith community that we call Evergreen. My name's Ilsian, and I get to lead and pastor this wonderful church along with my husband, Carlos, um, and a wonderful team that are here ready to serve you. So welcome, welcome. If this is your first time, we are so glad you're here. Today, we're starting a new series called Us and Mine, based out of the book Us and Mine by Ted Lowe. I know, creativity really won that one. Um, <laughs> but we're going to learn um, about marriage and relationships because the author states that your thoughts matter most in your marriage. So now for my single people in the room, I don't want you to tune out. For those of you joining us online, don't tune out because we did not forget about you. Right before Valentine's Day, also known as Single Awareness Day, or Super Bowl weekend, we will be talking about singleness and the goodness and the struggle that come with it. You know, for the longest time, I had this one thought that was really loud in my head about relationships, and it was this. You are not good at relationships. And it was just, it's like a broken record just would always be playing. When something went wrong with a friend, that's the first thing that would come up. 
And then another thought was, man, I'm going to die alone. How long have I been single now? For sure, God forgot about me. And then by the grace of God, I got married. And you guys have heard me share that testimony because it really was God. And my thoughts turned to, man, I'm really good at messing things up. I'm always the one cleaning. He never. Anyway, anyone else? No, just me? Pray for me, please. But before we jump into talking about marriage, um, it's important that we talk about you. That's right. Point to yourself and say, moi, me, yo. Go ahead and type it in the comments. If you're watching online, type in me. We're going to talk about you because you know what? Marriage is composed of two people, your spouse and yourself. Well, three, if we count Jesus, definitely count Jesus. So, okay. So how you think about yourself is vital for your marriage and for all relationships. How you think about yourself. So my question is, what do you think about you? Because in marriage, how you think about you will determine how you love your boo. I intentionally just did that so I could rhyme. <laughs> boo is what we're calling now, you know, the kids just say, you know, you guys know that. Okay. So Romans 12, 2 says this. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve his good, his pleasing, and perfect will. See, this verse gives me so much hope because it says and it tells you and me that you can have a new way of thinking. See, you can be transformed, changed by renewing your mind. And we can do that by testing and approving what we're thinking. You know, when, when I had a very special ring my, my dad gave me um, when I was a teenager, and I remember it lost one of the stones. <clears throat> and I took it to the jeweler, and the first thing that he did is he put on this eyepiece that had this super magnifying glass, and then lifted up the ring and looked at it carefully, and he examined it and said, oh, I know exactly what happened. I can fix it. And so that is just a way of saying that to test and approve, to examine, is to be thoughtful about your thoughts. We got to be thoughtful about our thoughts. So when the accusations come, because they will come, and the negative thoughts fill our minds, ask yourself this question. Is that thought true? Is it true? Um, and maybe you're thinking, oh, no, no, I don't ever have negative thoughts. Well, let me tell you that some studies suggest that the number of thoughts an average person has during the day, some studies show that it was 6,200, 6,200 thoughts per day. Another study showed that it was anywhere between 12,000 thoughts to 60,000 thoughts per day. The point is, it's a lot of thoughts. A lot of thoughts that are coming to us that we're thinking every single day. And according to research, up to 80% of those thoughts are negative. And 95% of those thoughts 
are repetitive. And see, before we go on any further, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. <clears throat> Take this first step. And the first step is this. Name the thoughts in your head. That voice that is constant, that voice that is coming at you with the negative, with the fearful, with the mean thoughts, with the prideful thoughts, name it. You can call it negative Nancy or prideful Pete or bully Bob or the author calls it Fred in my head. I'm going to call it Jeannie the meanie because the voice in my head is so mean. It says really mean things to be about me. And I am sorry if that is any of your names. It's just a very rhymable name, so forgive me for that. And then you can tell yourself this. You can tell yourself, remember who I am. Remember who I am. And see, one of the questions that the book asks, which I'm going to tell you, is this. What would a loving, perfect God, heavenly Father, say to you about you? One of my favorite Disney movies was The Lion King. Any other Lion King fans here? Yes, okay. So there is this scene in that movie that really spoke to my soul. There's this scene where Simba, oh, well, Mufasa has died. Simba left what he knew as his family, and he went and he hung out with these two silly guys who pretty much adopt him. And he's hanging out and having this time, the time of his life, and then he forgets who he is. And so Rafiki shows up, leads him to this body of water where he sees his reflection. But further than that, he sees the reflection of his dad within himself. Right? And then he hears the voice of his father coming up through an image in the sky that says, Simba, you are my son. I never loved you. I never will. Remember who you are. Remember. It's a good thing I'm not a voice actor, right? <laughs> um, but my point is this. We got to remember not only who we are, but whose we are. Remember who we are, but whose we are. We belong to God, and I ask you again, what would a loving, perfect God and heavenly Father say to you about you? Who are you? See, God, he's the one that created you. It says in Psalm 139 that he knit you together in your mama's womb. He formed you. He knows you. And this is what he says about you. He says, you, you are a child of God. It says you are a friend of Jesus. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are an overcomer. 
through Christ. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ. And the list, I could continue, but we'd be here for a very long time. But I'm going to tell you where they are. They are written down because God knew that we would need to be reminded. So they're written down. His truth about you, it's here. It's in this book that we call the Bible, the scriptures. That's where you can find out what God says about you. And one way that you can remind yourself, one of the ways that I do is I write little post-it notes. And I, you know, I used to have a post-it note in my big body mirror that said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Because I, I struggled with weight for a while, and so I really said some mean things to me about me because of that. So I had to replace that thought with, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And so write it down. Put it on a post-it note. Put it where you're going to see that post-it note. You know, there's a new study that shows we look at our phones over 2,000 times a day. So a great way to put reminders is on the lock screen of your phone. <laughs> write it there. Whatever you need to be reminded of the most of who you are, write it down. Or maybe you can tell Siri, hey, Siri, at 9 a.m. tomorrow and every day, remind me that I am loved and accepted. Whatever it is, however you need to be reminded, do that. Take that simple step. Write that note. How would your life be different? If you listened to God's voice, if your thoughts were influenced by his truth. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 5 says this truth. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And it goes on to say, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You see, there is a battlefield in our minds, but God has given us weapons with divine power. To demolish strongholds, to demolish and take down arguments that come up, those things that come up against the knowledge of God. You know, God's knowledge, God's knowledge of you is something good, yeah. that he is faithful, is that he's for you. So whatever comes against that, guess what? That verse tells us that you have a choice over your thoughts. Yeah. You don't have to get on that thought train. It is your choice. Before um, surrendering my life to Christ, I lived a life that left bad mental images. And there were times where I was having, man, I'd be having the best day, a great day, and then all of a sudden, an image of my past would flash in my mind. It it would leave me feeling condemned, defeated, and ashamed until I learned something different. I remember talking to my mentor, Linda Ritchie, about it, and she said, okay, next time that this 
this happens to you, this is what I want you to do. Instead of letting that thought take you down a pathway of condemnation and shame, I want you to choose a different pathway. I want you to thank God that he set you free, and I want you to praise him for it. Just start praising him for that freedom. And so the next few times that that happened, that the scenes showed up and started playing, I'd be like, yup, that's right, that was me. But now, now I'm free. Because his word says that though my sins were as scarlet, because of Jesus, I am made as white as snow. And so I would say that. And see, you're going to need to learn to take those thoughts captive. You say, hold up, thought. I'm the one in charge here. I have the choice here. And I don't need to get on this thought train. So we're walking a new path. The path of condemnation and shame, no more. We done. We over. Right? I am walking a new path, a path of thanksgiving and praise. Because God says, I'm forgiven. God says, I am made new. I am a new creation in Christ. The old has gone. The new has come. And so God says, I am free. So I'm going to thank him for that. And see, when we do that, our brain has what is called neural pathways. There are thousands of connections that you and I make every single time, every single day, with every single decision that we make. And creating new uh, neural pathways is going to require you to think differently than you thought. And, and, and it's like um, what I heard a doctor explain. It's kind of like when you are out in the forest and you're hiking, there is a trail that's already been created and walked many, many times, so it's clear and you can walk. But when you're creating a new pathway in your brain, it's like there's shrub and trees and you're gonna have to really figure out and walk this, create this new path that hasn't been created. But this is what I want you to know. You have the Holy Spirit of the living God living in you if you've said yes to Jesus. And because he is with you, he is going to help you. And you know what he's really good at? He's really good at making a way where there seems to be no way. That's what he does. And so maybe for the last 15 years, you've thought, I'm an addict. There's no way that I can change. I say to you, you're a child of God. You are forgiven and with God all things are possible. And what I, what I love about our God is that he's also given us science and professionals who are well-educated and have come to understand a little bit of the wiring of the brain, and they can help us understand neural pathways and how to create new ones. So yes, Jesus and therapy can coexist as part of your healing journey. And I'm so grateful for that. So don't let any voice, including your own, become louder than the voice of God. 
The truth is, you're a child of God. And he loves you. And he is for you. And he has a hope and a future for you and your marriage. He has a hope and a future for you and your family. There's a story in the Bible. It's about this woman with an issue of blood that for 12 years, she has been sick. She has been bleeding out. She's been hemorrhaging. And because of the cultural context that she lives in, because of her condition, she was considered unclean. Not only that, but if anything that she touched would be considered unclean. And there would have to be a purification process for anybody that came in contact with her to be cleaned again. And it makes me wonder, I don't know, it doesn't say that this woman have a family, that she have a husband. And because of this medical condition, she was broken from relationship and community. We don't know that. We can only assume. But this is what we do know. It says in Mark 5 that when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothe because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. It says that immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering was this thought that she acted on that forever changed the trajectory of her life. She thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And maybe her thoughts after being to numerous doctors, after struggling for 12 years, Maybe they were, I'm never going to be healed. Healing will never come. Maybe she thought, man, you're always going to be sick. But that day, she allowed a different thought to nominate her mind, her to take over. And it was the thought, if I can just touch Jesus' robe, I will be healed. I don't know where your struggle is or how you think about yourself. But I want to invite you to have this thought like the woman had. And say, God, Jesus, if I come to you, I will be healed. I want to invite you to close your eyes in this place. Maybe close your eyes if you're watching online, if that helps you, if you're able to. But Lord, you know our innermost being. You know the thoughts that we struggle with, the thoughts that we fight, the worry that sometimes comes in and takes over. So Jesus, we ask for your help. 
We know that on our own, it's not possible. But with God, all things are possible. So Lord, help us to live out this truth of Corinthians, of holding captive every thought that comes against the knowledge of God. Help us to hold captive the thoughts that argue against who we've been created to be. And Lord, help us to surrender them to you. Lord, I pray. I pray for the individual that keeps hearing that they're an addict and they will never change. Lord, the truth is that you love them, that you care for them, and with you, change is possible. So Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit's help. Lord, help us to live knowing that a good and perfect God loves us. And help us to know the truth of who you say we are. Now I want you to keep your eyes closed just for a little bit longer. And if anybody is in the room today, and maybe you've never opened yourself up to a relationship with God Jesus came so that you would have forgiveness of sins, so that we would know relationship with God, our Father. So if you're in the room and you've never said yes to this relationship with Jesus, and today you want to say, Jesus, I want to receive the forgiveness of sins that is offered to me because of the cross. And if you're here and you're saying yes to Jesus with everybody's eyes closed, I want you to look up at me so that I can agree with you and say, yes, Jesus loves you and he has forgiven you. He is for you, not against you. Lord, we thank you for forgiveness of sins. Lord, we thank you that in you there is freedom and healing and maybe you're watching online and you want to say yes to Jesus I'm going to ask you to just type Jesus in the comments and that'll be our way of knowing that you've made that decision Lord we love you Lord we need you and God we thank you for the gift of salvation in the name of Jesus can we say amen Amen, and amen means let it be so. Let's applaud the Lord for his goodness.